Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. And you can visit us for all your branding needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. That's all your branding and publishing needs, shall I say. Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S, media.com. Here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, we proudly promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to provide you, the dynamic listener, with inspiration and encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply right now to your life and have that positive impact not only on your life but in your business and second we must provide that platform to edify promote and acknowledge and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things i'm deborah hartnett your host broadcasting live on the worldwide blog talk network and today is another awesome monday yes we're here the first monday in october october 7 2013 our banner year we are standing firm on that. Aren't you agreeing with me? I know that you are. And you know we're here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. So thank you so much for spreading the word. Well, today, you know, it marks another great show. Yes, it does. And see, we're excited because last year, you know, we get we get all of these emails from the brothers, right? And I'm talking about men from all over, very, very prominent businessmen who always share great advice, uh, who encouraging, and say, hey, when are you going to let some of us come on the show? So we heard you. Last year, we started the month of October where we had a all-male guest panel, and I'm telling you, it went over so well that, you know what, we're doing it again this year, and I am so excited about our show today, our very, very special guest today, Mr. Andre Taylor, who is, I mean, he is the epitome of entrepreneur. You look in the dictionary, his face is there. When I tell you this gentleman has been through the fire, the flame, and I mean, he came out smelling Pure as pure gold, for sure, and roses as well. I mean, he has a real, real, real way of dealing and telling the truth about being an entrepreneur. He is an influential force in this modern area of uh, era of entrepreneurship, and he's grounded in decades of real business building experience. Let me say that again real business building experience. He began his career on Wall Street and later moving into media, technology, and management consulting. You also may uh, recognize him because he's a regular contributor to ABC News, Money Matters, and I'm telling you, he is the author of this book that you have to get 
You have to get it. You can still win, break through, bounce back, come from behind, and flourish. So we won't hold him from you too much longer. You know what you need to do right now. Call everybody. Text them, Facebook them, tweet them, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278 so that you can listen live or you can listen at WealthySistersRadio.com, WealthySistersRadio.com. And if you can't stay on the show the entire time, that's okay. You can catch this replay and all of our other dynamic shows at Wealthy Sisters Radio. And remember, we're on Facebook, Twitter. You can Follow us there under Wealthy Sisters and iTunes as well. That's right. You can download this show right there on your smart devices and listen to it at your leisure. So we're excited about that. But we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to get this party started. I'm telling you, get your pens, get your papers ready. You are in for a real treat today with Mr. Andre Taylor. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Ladies. Are you tired of searching for Mr. Right and need help cracking the man code? Do you really want to know what he thinks about dating, love, and romance? Are you wondering if the one you are with will ever fall in love with you? Then you need the Code Cracker, Jay Neville, relationship expert and life coach. Visit jnevels.com. That's J-N-E-V-E-L-S dot com. jnevels.com. Queen Anita Empire Online features luxurious African handmade healthy skin and body care products. From enhancing all-natural soaps, hair growth stimulating shampoos, to delicious healthy drinks, great for arthritis. We have an extensive inventory of more than 450 items to begin your natural journey to wellness. Visit QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. That's QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. Remember, QueenAnitaEmpireInc.com. We are live back here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. The lines are packed out, and I'm telling you, you are going to be so happy that you took the time from 12 to 1 today to listen to this show. When I tell you this gentleman, Mr. Andre Hill, I mean, you you just think about it. Uh, If you read on the back of this book here, I mean, he overcame a fire, lost Everything in the fire has been through. I mean, so much. And I'm just happy that he's here with us today to share from his book, You Can Still Win, Breakthrough, Bounce Back, Come From Behind, and What Do We Want to Do? Flourish. Mr. Andre Taylor, are you there? I am, Deborah. Thank you so much for that powerful introduction. I'm so excited. I wonder who is this guy that's coming up? <laughs> well, wow. you know, you're looking in the mirror. You got to know who you are. <laughs> I do, and I really appreciate um, being on the show. You, what you're doing is fabulous. We don't have enough of this kind of programming out there, and I'm really excited to be participating with you and your listeners because this is the kind of messaging we need to listen to 24/7. Yes, you are so right. You're so right. And and I have to confess, I started this uh, four years ago. We just celebrated our fourth anniversary this past summer. And uh, I started it uh, for pure selfish reasons because <laughs> I know <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you have to have so much. You have to have that positive 
constant positive um, programming and reprogramming. And it's like when you think you have it all, you realize you really don't. And uh, you are so right. So thank you uh, for being with us today. And we're excited for everything that you're going to share and know that it will continue to help us today. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know, here at Wealthy Sisters Radio, you know, we we always say that we start out, we're a little nosy, we like to know the background of who our guests or what or where our guests came from because everybody says that, you know, how can I relate to this person or they like to identify with certain things in the story. And your story is just so incredible. I know I met you several years ago uh, via, uh, I believe, Odessa, a lovely friend. Odessa, That's right. Yep. Friend. Yes, and uh, she had you here in the DMV area. And I was just so moved by your authenticity and, the, the I guess, your sincerity. Can you, Would you mind sharing um, just a little bit about your background uh, and how you actually got started on your entrepreneurial journey? Well, you know, Deborah, it's really interesting because, you know, when I think about entrepreneurship, I, I've realized that that is what I've always wanted to be and do. I don't think I really wanted to do anything else. Although I was intrigued by corporate America and ultimately wound up in corporate America for a period of time, from very young, I mean, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. In fact, uh, when I was about eight years old, I was knocking on doors, door to door, selling those uh, garden seeds that they have in the back of the comic books. And I was out there learning how to sell and how to, how to serve <laughs> a business. And uh, it was fascinating to me because it just felt to me like it was something I was supposed to do. Uh-huh. And uh, all through um, uh, through high school, I worked from midnight to eight in the morning for an entrepreneur because I wanted to be close. To entrepreneurship. Now imagine this. I'm getting up every morning, excuse me, every evening at yes. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm hopping on the subway, the A train, the infamous A train, taking that all the way to Harlem, working from midnight to 8 in the morning at a restaurant, and then after that, going to school from 8 to 3. From eight thirty to three o'clock, and then and not um, college, high school. You were this is high, high school. school. I did this for yes. four years. I did this, and I did that because I saw my mother, um, in some ways, struggling to to maintain the house. My father died when I was about four years old. I have a brother and sister who's eight nine years older than me. They were off to doing their own things as as young adults. And I really wanted to see if there was a way that I could not only contribute, but I could learn some things in the process. And I was really intrigued by this notion of business. I used to look at business people and think, wow, those are the people who are really doing things. Those are the people who have all the great stuff. They're making money. They're going places. And I thought, wow, I wonder if I can get into that world. And so I I did that from, um, you know, all through high school. And I, at one point, uh, had dabbled in music, and I thought, well, maybe I could be a musician and all that, but I became so intrigued. Once I began to work around this entrepreneur, I realized that this is for me. And all through high school, in addition to that, I would do things like create, I created a direct mail business um, because I had um, I was working on some, some material that I had turned into a book, and I started to sell that. Uh, in in magazines and getting orders by mail. I was just really dabbling in a lot of different things. And, um, and then I found my way in college, and uh, once I got into college, 
um, it was uh, maybe a, a year or two in, and, and listen, I went to college purely for the reason of just getting some perspective about how I can make my business successful. And I remember one of the um, professors even said to me, he said, you know, uh, you know more about business than we do here. At the time, they didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. There was one course that was about small business, and it was about creating a retail business. But other than that, they really had not um, caught this entrepreneurial wave. So we're talking here, you know, in high school in the 70s, college um, in the early 80s, and um, I think it was the second year that I was in college. I uh, was getting ready one morning, looked into the mirror, realized there was smoke in that mirror from coming from my bedroom, turned around, realized that my mattress had ignited from faulty wiring in the wall. It, it, it uh, caught on fire, and my mother and I had moved from our house in Brooklyn to an apartment in Queens, New York, and uh, we said, we've got to get out of there. That mattress uh, ignited. Um, it completely burned down that apartment. And, and at the time, I, I remember going back to that apartment a couple hours later, walked in, saw that everything had been burnt down to the brick. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I've lost everything. We had you know, clothes, records, furniture, uh, all kinds of personal items, um, uh, you know, things that are mementos, things that are really important to you. And the only thing I could think about at that moment, the only thing I could think about at that moment was that I had lost my business plan. Mm-hmm. So I, had, I had a business plan that I had been working on. Well, what like two hundred pages or something. It was two hundred page business plan. Exactly. That had that. You know, this is pre-word processor, by the way. This, this is yeah. a business plan that was real pages. That was, yeah, these these are real pages. Yeah, these are handwritten, some typed. But these this was this was labor to put this together. This was not something that I just pressed a button and it happened. But but through all of that, I, I, I learned so much about um, resilience. I learned so much about the importance of having a goal, sticking with that goal. I learned about the challenges that you encounter. And I think all of those circumstances really readied me for this whole notion of what you go through when you're in business. Whether you work for someone or work for yourself, you are going to have some challenges. And the, the, the people that can stand up to those challenges and see that as part of the tapestry of building a business will stand up to them and will, will find solutions. People who, who look at that and say, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm really defeated or I, really, I feel bad about this or I'm really set back and, you know, all these things, they will delay their progress. And I'm, I'm not just, it's not to say that you won't have those moments but you better bounce back quick because the people who really do well are the people who are able to bounce back quickly. So I learned mm-hmm. how to bounce back quickly. And, in fact, mm-hmm. I remember the day my apartment burnt down, uh, a friend of mine, we, we had gone to lunch, and a friend of mine said, you know, you don't act like someone who's lost all his stuff today. And it was because I knew that I had to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, just just to, to, to kind of – Put a bow around this story. I wound up in corporate America at that point. I went on Wall Street. Um, by the time I was in my mid twenties, I was the vice president of marketing and sales at one of the large media companies in the world, Reuters. Um, and I was traveling around the world, running divisions and so forth, and actually bringing my entrepreneurial style to that company and helping them launch new divisions, new products, new ideas. And then I realized, after a few years of that, that I needed to get true to my own goals 
get back to um, entrepreneurship. I left, started a company called Interactive Sports, which um, did uh, some major things in the sports industry, revolutionized the way sports video is used amongst sports teams, created all kinds of new technology, information, and software tools, ran that for about uh, 10 to 12 years or so, and then I decided I was going to actually help other entrepreneurs build their businesses, and I got involved in what I'm doing now, which is management consulting, leadership, uh, and helping entrepreneurs um, become more successful. So it's been, a, it's been a great ride. I've been doing this since, uh, you know, before I was 10 years old, and I've been involved in lots and lots of businesses. And as you, can, <laughs> as you say, I have gone through the fire without question. <laughs> well, you know, we talk about that a lot here on uh, Wealthy Sisters Radio, and it's amazing how our backgrounds are so similar. My father passed away when I was six years old, and I always um, saw that, role for myself of wanting to help my mother. So I, you know, I did some of everything. My first business, I was four years old picking up pine cones for my Oh, so you beat me. You know, my they me a dollar, you know, but I realized today I should have been charging more <laughs> for all the well, pine you, cones in Georgia you that we make, have here. You, you won't make that mistake again. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. But, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just really incredible when you think about it because I, too, was, I guess, and I liked what you said, intrigued with uh, corporate America. That's I'm going to use that now. I picked that up. I was intrigued with corporate America. <laughs> and, of course, you always told, you know, you've got to get that good education, get that good job, and I did that, but all along, I was always doing something on my own, and I said all that to say that it took a while before I could look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. There's nothing wrong with me. I get bored at this job. I see nothing else there that I want to do. It's the f- I have other ideas. It's the fact that an, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, and I, I love that you shared that. Can you talk about some of those traits? Uh, that people can identify themselves as an entrepreneur. Well, I think one of the one of the key things is actually being a person who's curious about the world, finding mm-hmm. a desire to mm-hmm. look at the world and say, "How do I make this better? What could I bring mm-hmm. to the world, to the community, to the industry, to people who really need to solve problems?" Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that curiosity. I think we're all born with that. I think we have that. But I think it is it is educated out of us. It is it is something yes. that is told. Yes. We're told like, okay, settle down, you know, focus. Yes, yes, and, and, yes. And so educated. A, See, I got another one. Okay, I've yeah. got that educated <laughs> out of us. It is so true. It is so true. We're programmed to go straight to work for someone, not about being creative, like you're saying. Well, I think the other thing that, that the other thing that I love about what you're doing, and I think it's an important aspect of entrepreneurship, is this whole notion of creating something that will endure, something mm-hmm. that's a legacy, something that will create great value not only to the market, but to yourself and to your family. I think the name of your program is really exciting because you're not saying, look, you know, I want to create a business just so that I can bring a product to market. Your focus is we should be wealthy in the process. Our objective should be that we – because if you get to that point and to that focus, 
you have to be serving the right people, and you have to be doing a good job. And I think one of the the um, one of the challenges I think that exists today is getting people of color, in particular, to understand that creating something is so important that it's great to have a great job. It's great to go to all these industries and work in these environments. But it would be really great to enable your kids to not have to start from scratch mm-hmm. and to be able to build on a legacy that you started. Mm-hmm. So I think, that, I think the interest in a legacy, the interest in wealth, the interest in creating value, the curiosity about how to solve problems, and that desire to bring value to the world and to serve uh, individuals and companies and organizations and industries is something that every entrepreneur has to have and should not be in any way um, apologize for it. You know, should not apologize for this notion of, of being successful and wanting to be successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that is so true because I, I'm glad you said don't apologize for it because, again, as you said, it's been educated out of us. And like I was saying, you know, you kind of think, is there something wrong with me? You know you're not lazy. You know that you're a hard worker. But when it's, when when your family stopped calling you by your name, like I have one aunt <laughs> that she mm-hmm. – she calls me, what you doing now? What you into now? That's how she right. addresses me, you right. know. And when you start hearing those um, comments from the closest family and friends, you do start to say, what, what's happening? Especially if you hadn't hit that mark to where things are flourishing. When it's flourishing, then, of course, you know, all the bandwagon people will be there. But uh, when you're well, in those were, dark times. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, the, the flourishing happens first mm-hmm. in your mind and in your body. Mm-hmm. And, and, others, and others can't see that. So right. they're, looking for, they're, they're looking for some external evidence of your flourishing. Does Deborah right. have a new car? Does Deborah put a new wing on her house? Where's Deborah vacationing? What is she right. wearing? That's what everyone right. is looking for. Can Deborah pay the bill? Right. Um, that's what everybody's looking for. But the value first starts inside of you. And the interesting thing about entrepreneurship is it teaches you to look for that first. Mm-hmm. Whereas in corporate America, you're taught to look at the external part first. Mm-hmm. You know, in corporate America, it's all about your resume. It's all about your yeah. resume. It's all about, you know, how how things look. How does your resume look? Are there any gaps in your resume? Where did you go right. to school? All that stuff. Right. But as an entrepreneur, right. you have to believe. When you go into that meeting, you better believe that you've got the goods. Right. And if there's no, even if there's no evidence, I think when I met you some years ago, I told the story of walking into a multi-billion dollar corporation with zero dollars, with zero dollars, and with the attitude that we were going to walk away with a multi-million dollar deal, and <laughs> and and we, I, I'll tell you, we were we were having some very very difficult times at that point. It was you so difficult. Tell the whole story. Take a few minutes <laughs> to just kind of back up. That is an incredible story, well, and and is timing. I want to talk about your um your belief in timing too. What your thoughts around timing and entrepreneurship are as well. But but share share that if you will. Well, here, here's the here's a, let me see if I can tell the story in an accelerated fashion. Here, I <laughs> was uh, uh, one of the things we were looking at when we started interactive sports was how could we build this business. 
um, quickly, what would be the best way to do that? And we realized the best way to do that was to go out and get a corporate partner. We had identified some aspects of the market that needed improvement. And one of those aspects was the technology that was used between uh, sports teams. Because back then, in order for a sports team to prepare for their upcoming opponent, they would have a video coordinator all night, this is the NFL, all night um, essentially take video and redub it onto another tape so that the coach could see all of the relevant plays that they were concerned about. And they could therefore coach their team on the basis of understanding what the other team is likely to do. Now, in the NFL, there used to be a requirement that you had to share those tapes with your upcoming opponent. And that was because of, you know, when you go to an opposing team stadium, they used to block that out, black that out so that you couldn't actually see the cable feed. So they said, okay, that's not fair. You you have to share that. We approached some some companies, and I approached one company, um, and it was Sprint, actually, about being a partner in our with ours with us and helping us bring this technology to market. I got on the phone um, and had conversations with many companies. Sprint ultimately said yes, they'd like to meet with us. My partner and I flew out to Kansas City and gave a presentation. Now, when we gave that presentation, all we had was a sense <laughs> that this was possible. We had no technology. We had no technology. We had no money. Uh, we had, in fact, I'm not even sure how we were going to get back. I think we might have had a, a few dollars to get back, but that was about it. And what, what we had was a belief. We had done some research. We had spent several years researching this, speaking to teams, understanding the problem, and understanding how we could solve it. We had even identified off-the-shelf technology that could somehow be worked, um, put together to make this effective, but we had not really done it. And we had a, a, a boutique software firm who said to us, look, if you get this deal, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll help you in some way. Um, and so we, uh, we made this presentation. I went out there and I gave this presentation and I essentially said to them, we want several million dollars to participate in this deal. I think it was five or six million dollars. And they, um, uh, they listened to our, 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 our presentation and all that. In fact, I should say this, before I even asked for that amount, um, they had already decided that they wanted to work with us. And in fact, in the meeting, they, they, they did something I had never seen before in a corporate meeting. They all huddled in the corner. They said, could you excuse us for a moment? They all went to a corner and huddled, came out of that huddle and said, how can we participate in this? And before I told them our number, I said to them, well, we'd love for you to participate in this, but you have to tell us what you can bring to this. <laughs> and we, we actually left. We left that meeting having not told them a number. And I remember right. my partner was going crazy because it's I had not nuts. given them a number. <laughs> yeah, you flew all the way out here. We have no money. Uh, you know, it was, never, it was really bad because it was so bad that, that that I used to put twenty dollars in in a Federal Express envelope to my partner on Friday, yeah. so that yeah. he could eat over the weekend. And if I had a similar problem, he would do the same for me. We right. knew we could defer. We knew we could defer payment of the FedEx account. But right, so right. <laughs> that was what we did. Well, the bottom line is ultimately they they bought into the idea, and they several months passed, and and we had. Giving them this proposal, they said, look, we can't do your number. We can do a different number. And they came out 
to um, this software company to look at the technology, which, of course, didn't exist. So they came out to the software company, and we had asked them to just develop a couple of screens that will enable us to show Sprint sort of the viability of this application. Now, Sprint didn't know that there was more development to do, but when I say that this was really a shell, it was a complete shell. I mean, it was really nothing to show them other than a screen, a couple of screens. And their chief technology officer came to this meeting, and he, he you know, looked at all of this stuff that we had on the screen. Everybody was around the screen assembling. And at some point in the conversation, they got distracted. They started debating about technology and debating about what was going to come first, what was going to come second. And if, if you had moved the mouse too quickly, this thing would have gone down. Wow. So we were really, really nervous about what was going to happen. At some point, one of them looked at the wa their watch and said, oh, my goodness, we're about to miss our flight. And the chief technology officer said, well, it looks like everything is all right for me. And we, they left the, um, the office, essentially giving the approval to the deal and saying that it could move forward and they would put in this money to help us launch it. <laughs> and that was about, um, it was about seven or eight months of work from uh, – conceptualizing this, having no resources to do it, having nothing but something on paper to wow. getting this deal done. And as wow. I said, when I, think, I think I might have said this to you um, when, we, when we spoke uh, some years ago, that I used to have this idea, this notion of always checking my, uh, my account to see just, just how poor we were <laughs> on the phone. <laughs>
heard it explained that way because we hear focus, you got to focus, and when you when we're not hitting the mark, we're thinking, oh, on the outside, is that person really focused? They're not doing this. Mm-hmm. But you talk about the realities of everything that we mm-hmm. have to deal with in business. So maybe I'm asking you a two-part question, but mm-hmm. take it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you when you haven't yet gotten to that point, you have to ask yourself, uh, where am I, from, from what point am I working? Am I working okay. from, am I working from my mind or am mm-hmm. I working from my heart? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, and I think, and I think that uh, this may sound um, counterintuitive to many folks listening. You know, if you come from an academic background and everyone says you have to know the numbers and you have to do things in a certain way, I have found that for me, I've been far more successful as an entrepreneur when I was in tune with my heart, mm. where, I, where I understood kind of what I was feeling, what the customer was feeling, what was most important. I was more intuitive. I was really in, in touch with myself. When, mm-hmm. you're, when you're doing things purely academically, by numbers, by charts, by you can show all the charts you want, but if you don't really believe that when you go out and talk to someone, and mm-hmm. if you don't believe that you can succeed despite the uh, numerical evidence, you're not going to succeed. So okay. and entrepreneurs have to have have to have heart. I mean, you look at someone like um, you know one businessman that is always uh, both revered and ridiculed is Donald Trump. Right. But I can I can tell you I can tell you that Donald Trump. There's no doubt in his mind about who he is and and what he can do. I don't think you ever you never hear any doubt from him. And so mm-hmm. that that that's not only because of the numbers. That's because he has internalized this perception of what the Trump name means, beginning with his dad, continuing with himself, continuing with his kids, and he has he has internalized that perception. And so even when he is on the ropes, so to speak, he looks inside and says, you know, I'm a Trump. So, and, and, and you can do the same thing. You can do the yeah. same thing, whatever your name is. Your name is yeah. Jones, Smith, Marshall, whatever it is. You have to decide who you really are. <clears throat> so I think if, if, if you are accusing the market, of being the reason why you're not successful, you're not listening to your heart. Mm-hmm. Now, I started I started speaking and and writing and all that um, in 2001. Okay. It was uh, right around the time uh, of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine a worse time to try to go out and speak at conventions I was right. out there trying right. to speak at conventions during um, 9-11, and, and many of those conventions were canceled. I mean, people were right. under the covers in bed and did not want to come out. Right. But I had, right. To, I had to convince myself that despite that, I was able to go out, speak to groups, build my capacity in this area, build my relationships, and that's exactly what I did. Now, I'm not going to say it wasn't difficult because you're often, deal, often dealing with the psychology 
of the person that you are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So you have to find a way to to um, uh, relate your belief and your intuition and and convince them that they should buy into what you're saying. But mm-hmm. I think in our society there are so many people who are are not really trusting their instincts. And, and focus is about being able to trust those instincts and that belief system and that commitment in the midst of opposing obstacles. It's Why do you think it's hard for us to trust? Why do you think we don't uh, trust our instincts or know how to to listen to that gut? Well, I don't think the world teaches you that that is important. I think the world I think the world emphasizes that we need hard evidence for everything. Where's your evidence? Um and, and and in fact I have a relationship with a, a corporation that I was doing some work with and they decided they wanted to use some of my content for their market. And they kept coming back to me saying, uh, wait a minute. You know, where's the hard evidence of what you're saying? Where's the, where's the, where's the, where's the charts? Where's the quantitative information? And what I said to them is that the number one thing that an entrepreneur needs every single day is something, someone that says to them, what you're doing is important. And, yeah. and, and, and you have, and, and entrepreneurs need moral support. They need, uh, support of their beliefs. They need support of their efforts. Because yes. when you're when you're knocking on doors every day and everybody is saying no, yes. and or or someone says to you, oh yeah, I want to move forward, and you're counting on that, and and you call that person they back disappear. and they say, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> or you protection, or, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you, or you think, okay, this is exciting. I've got this deal, and the check's going to be arriving. You're checking the mailbox, and the next thing you know, they say, oh, we didn't, we didn't know that you expected us to pay that invoice. So, <laughs> these are things that 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 people don't understand that an entrepreneur has to live with daily. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you talk about that in your book too. Um, all of the I'm just trying to. I thought I had made a, a place mark in the book, but all of the different challenges that we face, and people don't really mention that as an entrepreneur. You know, we we hear and we see, especially now with um, social media, where everyone can brand themselves and we can make everything look so pretty and fancy and and you know as a business owner everything just looks so perfect and all mm-hmm. of the shows you see that just everybody's just smiling and happy but you talk about because <laughs> see when you see all that you're like well what's going on with me what am i missing you know but you actually talk about all of the real life challenges that we have to deal with, whether it's people calling for money, you've got um, personal life, things you have to take care of. And you said that focus is is a person, an entrepreneur that is, in, in essence, being able to uh, manage all of that or, I guess, be a multitasker, uh, if you will. Could you elaborate more on that? Um, well, I think the I think the example that I used was I was as, you know back when I wrote the book I talked about Tiger Woods actually and how exactly. everyone looks at him 
but look, yes. would look at him and say, wow, look how focused he is. Look at how he's right. able to do that. Now, maybe, right. maybe, it's, maybe it's actually good to that, that I used him as an example. At the time, I didn't know he right. was going to have that scandal that he had with all the, right, 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 the women right, right. and all the things that he, that he had. But it turns out he had other things going on in his mind. Right. Yet he was able to, despite that, focus and 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 be and be a world class golfer, be the best in the world. And it's about being able to get into the zone where you have this knowing about what you want mm-hmm. and who you are, and there, that that nothing that is in opposition to that gets your mm-hmm. attention. And so as an entrepreneur, you're going to have people telling you you are failing, that you have a bad idea. You're going to look at your bank account. You're going to say, oh, my goodness, I can't get any money out. It's overdrawn. You're not going to be able to go to a meeting because you don't have enough to fly and and, and do that. You're going to need help doing things, and you're not going to have it. But you have to say, okay, I am going to find a way to make this work anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't have to go to the meeting. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't have to do this, but I still can get the same result. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, you know, he'll wind up in the sand trap. He's got to get out. That right. wasn't his plan, but, you know, right. he, he, he has to get out. So, you know, we hear a lot. Everybody, if you ask someone what the secret is to success, everybody will tell you. You can get asked a little child. They'll say, you know, come up with something and stick with it. Be persistent. Believe in yourself. Everybody will tell you that. Yeah. But it it isn't until you are confronted with those moments that seem like you, like you're facing something that is different than other people that you realize what true belief, what true winning is about. Mm-hmm. And as entrepreneurs, you are breaking through, bouncing back, coming from behind every day. Mm-hmm. That's what you do mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. So no it's problem. it's um mm-hmm. it is it's it's it is. And so you 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 have to when you decide. Now entrepreneurship is wonderful. If you want to be successful, you want to be wealthy, you want to feel good about yourself, you want to have influence. It's the thing to do. But you also have to realize that your success is going to be preceded by failure. Mm-hmm. And that that failure is more than anything, it is perception of failure externally. Because the minute you decide that you're going to be an entrepreneur, you've actually succeeded. But by the world standards, it looks like you're failing if you can't do the things that everyone will expect you to be able to do. Um, But once you stay with that, that idea, that trust, that belief, that commitment to it, and not care anymore what other people are thinking, not Mm. care that you can't pick up the check at at lunch, Mm. but not care that you can't do certain things temporarily, then Mm. what what will happen is your belief system will become stronger than the external peer pressure. Mm, mm, and mm, that's, that's when great. a transition will occur in your real business life. That's when something is going to change in you that's going to enable you to make something happen. And that's when listening is important because you will, you will feel at that moment an idea, an impulse, an impulse, a solution 
You know, just like when I called Sprint, somehow when I got to that name on the list, I said, I, I might have thought initially, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to call them. But I stayed on the phone. I kept being transferred from department to department. I had a conversation with a guy, and I didn't, I didn't even know whether he was serious. He said, I, I want to call you back. And he called back, and I couldn't even believe it when he called me back, and he said, this is really interesting. Can you guys fly out here? I look at the phone like, is this a joke? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so one, you know, one of the things that you know, you do a great service here because this is what entrepreneurs need. And yes. when I when I was in the midst of difficulty, I would sometimes read these stories about entrepreneurs and listen to shows and watch, and I would hear these stories and I would think, wow. This person could deal with that. I can deal with this little problem I have. Yes, and I yes, can, and yes. I can, and I can, and I can continue to move forward. And wow. some, and strange things will happen when wow. you start to feel that. Strange things will happen. Unexplainable things will happen that wow. will enable you to move forward. Wow. Well, I, I tell you, if you have just tuned in, you are listening to none other than Mr. Andre Taylor himself. I'm, I, I want you right now, Andre, can you give them how they can get your book? You can still win. This is a manual that you need to have. I tell you, I've had it for a couple of years and pulled it out last night and said, you know what? This book I need to reread a couple of times because it is such a great, great practical book for you. How can we get it, um, Andre? Well, you can you can go right to my website, AndreTaylor.com, A-N-D-R-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. We have it available there. Uh, you can also get the You Can Still Win video, which is great to have. We've got a whole group of other things that are there. If you if you like the uh, audio version, you can go to iTunes, you can go to Audible and pick up the audio version. Um, and, and it's funny, Deborah, you know, You Can Still Win came out several years ago. And every yeah. time I think that, every time I look at the book and I think, well, you know, this is done, you know, there's some other things that I'm working on, I, I'm reminded, someone will come to me and say, wow, you know, I read this book and this really changed my life. Yes. And, and I have and I have to tell you it, it will because that book includes um ideas, uh revelations, stories that I have been thinking about and, and collecting all my life. Yeah. And so it's not just something I put together that says, Hey, I'm gonna go out and speak and I you know, I need something to sell. It, 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 that's right. not what that is about. That well I wrote no. that. I no. really wrote that with the intention of helping someone who didn't think that they had everything they needed or mm -hmm. were, were dealing with difficult circumstances or didn't know how to handle a particular situation. I wanted mm -hmm. them to have a guide that they could read that would not only give them information, but it would inspire them and would be an ongoing resource that they mm -hmm. could use daily to, to help them uh, succeed in their career and in their business. So I would encourage everyone listening to pick that up. You can still win. It, it is, it, it's a. I, I really think it's a great resource. And you can go right to my website, AndreTaylor.com, and and uh, buy five, ten, fifteen, uh, forty, hundred copies. 
Yes, it is good. It really is, and and especially this chapter six, what to do when you don't know what to do. <laughs> you gotta get this book. You gotta get that. It is so real. It is so real. Well, Mr. Andre, please let us know. Is there any other uh, way that we can get in contact with you? Any? We I know our time. I know we've got to let you go. You've got to get to a, a meeting there. Um, any last words you'd like to share with the audience? Well, here, the, 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 first of all, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to info at andretaylor.com. That's the email address. And uh, that is not does not go through tons of assistants and staff members. You know, that email comes in and it immediately comes to me, and I'm able to see who is writing in. So info at andretaylor.com is, is a great way to talk with me, to share your ideas. Um, but I would say as a, as a closing thought that entrepreneurship, one of the great things that's happened today is that the covers have been pulled off of entrepreneurship. Everyone understands the power of it. Everyone is talking about entrepreneurship. And I believe that um, it's, it's crucial that if you can find a way to get entrepreneurship infused into your family and into your life, even if it's something you do part-time, you should do it. We know that the challenges externally out in the market today, economically, they're, they're, they're serious. And if you want to sustain yourself and your family and you want to leave a legacy and have an impact, being an entrepreneur is the way to do that. Not only can you, will you be happy about what you do every day and the value you bring, you can create great wealth uh, an opportunity for yourself and for your family. So I would encourage you to go to my site, take a look, and not only you can still win, look at all the resources that are there. Find yourself a success partner. I'd love to be your success partner. Communicate with me. Communicate with Deborah. Get a dialogue going uh, so that you have this ongoing relationship with someone uh, who's focused on success. And as you develop that relationship day to day, you'll be shocked at how your life will unfold, the walls you'll knock down, and the achievements that will um, wind up in your life because of that level of commitment. Wow. that You've heard it from none other than Mr. Andre Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us. For uh, What a way to start this month off for our all-brother month here on Wealthy Sisters <laughs> Radio. I tell you, if you just tuned in and you missed this, call, you missed this show, don't fret. You can download this show and all of our other great shows at Wealthy Sisters Radio. Mr. Taylor, thank you so much. Have a great meeting, and we will definitely be in touch real soon. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, and uh, uh, thank you to all the uh, listeners today. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm telling you, this was an awesome show, as we promised. And next we're going to go to our special social media segment. I'm thrilled that we have brought on board our features. Uh, we have several that we'll be sharing with you every week, every week, a two- to three-minute segment. And our special segment today is from social media strategist. I mean, she is a guru in social media. She really, really is. I've had the privilege of having her at our first conference, the Winter Summit, and uh, she has since gone on. She's been all on the news, on the media, written several books, and she's joined us here on Wealthy Sisters Radio today, none other than Miss Crystal 
Martin, Washington. And uh, I want to just bring her on right now as we share the Wealthy Sister social media segment of the month. Hello, this is Crystal Washington, social media marketing strategist and speaker, and I am here with you today to give you your Wealthy Sisters Radio social media tips. So, if you're listening to my voice, you're probably busy. You don't have a lot of extra time. However, you know that if you want to grow within your industry and your career, or if you want to grow a small business, social media can definitely be instrumental. Why? Because it gives you the ability to connect with people all over the world and build relationships. However, you want to know, how do I use social media in a way that will allow me to get results without wasting extra time that I don't even have? That's what we're going to look at today. Three tips, three steps. The first step to getting started on social media in a way that is strategic is write down your measurable goals. What is it you're trying to accomplish? Are you trying to increase your website views by 200% over the next 60 days? Are you trying to connect with two hiring managers in the oil and gas industry in the state of Texas? every two weeks. Whatever your goals may be, write down those measurable goals. Now, step two. Next thing you want to do is write down who it is you're trying to connect with. Who are you trying to connect with? If you're trying to connect with those hiring managers in Texas, go ahead and write that down. If you're trying to connect with women between the ages of 25 and 35 who live in urban areas and love shoes, maybe you sell shoes and accessories, write down who it is you're trying to connect with. Now, step three is Investigate the social networks, the major social networks, and figure out which ones will help you accomplish those goals and connect with those people. Let me give you an example. If your goal is to connect with hiring managers in the oil and gas industry in the state of Texas, and you happen to know that they all happen to be, uh, maybe they're mostly men if you're doing your research, okay? Then you're going to go ahead and go to LinkedIn. That's the best social network for you. You're not going to use Twitter as much for that. Those urban women who want to buy shoes, Twitter, Facebook, those social networks are going to be able to help you accomplish those goals. So again, to recap very quickly, step one, write down your measurable goals. Step two, write down who it is you want to connect with. Step three, choose those social networks that already have your target market and will help you accomplish those goals. You can use Wikipedia or you can even go to the websites themselves to see their demographics to get more information about that. So this has been your Wealthy Sisters Radio social media tip. If you have any questions, you can feel free to shoot me an email at crystal, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, at crystalwashington.com. You can also make suggestions for future items that you'd like tips about. All right. I tell you, that was a great three tip there for you here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you so much, Crystal Washington. She is a dynamic uh, woman. I'm telling you, she knows what she's talking about. Make sure you go to her website. As she mentioned there, there's some great information uh, for you. You can find her all on Facebook and catch some of her videos there as well. Well, we want to thank you again for tuning in. Stay tuned next week where we will have none other than Mr. Harold Fisher of WHUR here. That's how University's radio. He is the voice of the daily drum. I'm telling you, he is a funny man. Uh, he's going to be talking about the media business and, and the business of media, shall we say. It's going to be a great show. If you missed the first half of this show, you got to make sure you tune into it. You can download this show and all of our other shows at Wealthy Sisters. That's S-I-S-T-A-S radio.com. WealthySistersRadio.com. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for 
joining us. And as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. Continue to have an awesome day. See you next week. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our Wealthy Sisters Radio.